Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Four Times in a Podcast. Today it is the 18th of February and we are recording this just as Rangers have went top of the league after Celtics won each draw at home to Kilmarnock yesterday. Full show of the day, full house. Darren, Andy and Tony were at the game yesterday. I had the pleasure of watching it in the house. Darren, I'll start with you. He kept the same team that played against St Mirren in the cup, the Kyogo and Ida. Kind of tandem up front. I know he brought, sorry, he brought Taylor in for Burnaby, but what did you make of the first half of the game and the lineup? And you know, because I thought, thought the first half wasn't the worst, but how many times have we said that we've played well for 45 minutes this season? But interested in what you thought of the kind of new strike partnership, if you could call it that up front. It's one that's something doing for me, Danny. It's, I wasn't overly surprised because we did play well at St Mirren, so the fact that he kept it the same wasn't a major shock to me, but I think it was pretty evident early on that we were sort of struggling to break Kamarnock down. Like, we'll get around Kamarnock probably outside of Hearts, probably one of the best of the rest in terms of teams that you've got to play. So you're not expecting it to be a walkover. It was just more of the same, I felt. I felt we weren't awful in the first half, but it was more of the same that people have been complaining about. It's just sort of too much passing between Scales and Welsh and Ralston and as you said Taylor was back it was good to see I thought there was a bit more balance in the team with Greg Taylor in that first half and we sort of struggled to see any major opportunities I thought Palmer was pretty poor which probably led to him getting subbed at half time I thought he was quite wasteful with it Maeda I think he maybe had one one half chance but apart from that was pretty quiet and we, we kept plugging away I thought the goal we scored was actually really well worked. It was a lot of passing running about the box and then it's a lovely cross from Anthony Ralston for Kyogo and Kyogo's header's lovely and leaves the keeper with next to no chance and you're thinking, brilliant, we can go and get another one before half time and sort of make it a more comfortable game than maybe you expected. But I think a couple of minutes later, Kamarnock had 
it was either a free kick or a corner and I think it was the boy Donnelly headed it and I think it was straight at heart but he still has to make a save and it was a decent enough one. I thought we were maybe slightly fortunate to no give away a penalty. I've seen, I still can't make this one of them, I can't make up my mind even having seen the replay. At the time I thought it was a penalty when Welsh was, I thought he was slightly late but he may well have got a touch in the ball and the ref didn't get and there didn't seem to be any length of VAR check but Watching the highlights this morning, I'm still not 100% that we we won the wee but fortunate no I get given that against us. But says I was talking to somebody last night. There was the first half itself, as much as it was pretty uneventful. If we'd have got that second goal and Matt O'Reilly has a shot that was well saved, and then the header was blocked off the line just before half time. I think if that had went in, it would have just really settled us and Kilmarnock would obviously had to have come out a lot more in the second half but un- unfortunately that that wasn't the case and I, I in terms of the first half Danny I, as I said I thought it was pretty uneventful but as much as I, I would have liked us to get the second goal I wasn't I wasn't overly concerned thinking oh this is all going to go with pop because as I said I think apart from that Donnelly header I hadn't had much to do but I would did, did you make it first half? I agree with you I thought it was Pretty much like every game, really, <laughs> most games of the season, where there were some bright moments. I thought there was a bit, I actually thought there was a big difference in the way that they were playing. I actually thought they tried to get Ida involved a lot more. They actually tried to play the ball into him. There was a few ones where he had some nice flicks and get the ball, and there was one where he flicked on to McGregor. The, the play opened up, now two or three years ago. McGregor would have burst into the box and scored. But I think he's lost that a kind of yard. Not that he was ever did great pace, but he's lost whatever pace he did have and he played it out to Palma and Palma took a really bad touch and then he, had to, he took a really good second touch to get away from the defender but the keeper was there at that point, he should have just crossed it. But I, I was quite encouraged by the first half of what I and Kyogo were linking up really well. I thought Kyogo was getting more involved but he, at the back of your mind you were like right well they've not got that second goal. The, the goal was a great great move, it, was, it really was. It was a great cross by Alston, it was a great heater by Kyogo and then we just, we had too many chances, O'Reilly should have burst in at the end of the first half I think McGregor tried to be too clever with outside his fit, he just put his fit through and drilled it into the ground, the one that fell for him and, and I actually thought that was a penalty for Kilmarnock in the first half, I thought Welsh was late MV, I did look at it, but they cleared it, never get it, I was actually surprised at that, I thought it was a penalty but then it's, I've seen a replay a few times I'm not too sure if Welsh does get the ball I, I thought it was a penalty but the, the, the word balance about Taylor I think spot on I thought they looked a lot more balanced than the team and Taylor the first 10 minutes Taylor basically played as a central midfielder they were near left back and he was getting the ball he was moving it quicker and they, they did move the ball a lot quicker I thought Palmer there were a few things, times he was unlucky he put a great cross in for Either, I think the boy might have got a flick on it or he'd have shut his eyes but it really should have been a goal um, but he is far too wasteful and it, when you're wanting you know when you're trying to teams are penned back in you need to be quick you need to get round them and he does offer something but it, it's very few and far between I mean he had a great assist for Kyogo last week he had a great bond that led to the second goal last week as well but we don't see it enough and I thought actually he was he was unlucky to get hooked if Maeda was staying in the park I thought Maeda had a shocker but Second off, as soon as Taylor went half an hour, it looked like it was planned. That it's not a slight on Burnley because I don't think he did much wrong apart from a pretty pathetic attempt to defend the equaliser. But they just lost that. They went back. They lost that balance. They went back to the four, kind of three three, and they just looked again. They, you know, before we hit record, I said they looked 
men in control of the game when they had two midfielders in the middle part rather than when they had three. And Andy, I'll bring in. Well, I won that up. We've lost that lead before in this season, but you were happened to be the game with Tony yesterday. What did you see? Did you see it in a different way? Did you see Celtic seeing it out, or did you think Kilmarnock were creeping into the game? The subs, the subs didn't actually make any sense to me, to be honest with you. I just, a lot still staying on the bench when you're like, it's, it's, listen, you've, the game should have been out of sight, but you've you've got to play it as is. Yang, half time for Palmer, fair enough. Palmer was poor. I don't think any other wingers actually took him down and went by him. Yang tried when he came on, but wasn't he getting a lot of joy? But other wingers are just a disgrace at the minute. They just can't take somebody on and get by them. Then you've got Bernabe for Taylor again. Whether that's a fitness thing, obviously with Taylor being out and just coming back, but I would agree Taylor provided balance to the team. And then... Bernardo, Kuhn, oh, I just the subs didn't make much sense to me. I, I, I couldn't really grasp them. I didn't fully understand what he was trying to do. But as I say, you try to see a lead out and you've got like a wire sitting there who it just it, that that would have be been the logical sub for me. Go and sit him in my head of the defence and sort of just try and see it out because that, that's where we were at. Like you're fucking not one the lead at home come on, like you're talking about seeing a game out, which is a disgrace anyway, but I think we all seen it coming. I think everybody in the stadium seen it coming. And if they didn't, then they were watching a fucking different game for the rest of us. But we were rotten. There's, there's no other way to put it. Like we were relying on saves for Joe Hart. I think, I'm sure we were talking about this after the game. Like, I think Kamala had more shots on target than we did. That's that's not in short of a disgrace. We do not create enough chances. We do not. We're no clinical. We're no... Snake cutting edge, it's just passive. The ball just goes aligned entirely to the back line. Two centre halves don't want to don't want to, don't want to try and find a pass. It's it's the safe options. Wingers can't take anybody on. Midfielders don't provide enough. Strikers that, that don't offer enough. It was one of the better games I've seen Kyogo this season. Um I think he had a bit of a, a free roll. I don't see it. It's not really too up front. I think Kyogo's more in a t- the sort of 10, but he, he's given a role to sort of go and just try and get involved in the game. And I think he probably was a bit more involved, but aside from that, and I say that at the time, what really set the, it's not set the tone because they were well into the game at this point, but what really convinced me, uh, the fact that we were going to, we were going to chuck it was, I can't even mean the exact minute, but it was pretty late on in the game. As we remember the balls up in the air and McGregor just nobody anywhere near him. Tries to bring it down with his right and just makes a complete arse here and just takes a swipe at the ball. And I thought, we are, there's just a complete lack of composure and belief I see in this game out here. And if that's your captain, who now and who's usually Mr. Reliable, I've ranted and raved about what I think about Cal McGregor for, for long enough, but. That was the minute I seen that. I thought this is we, we're conceding here. We just look at a team that's fucking sh- shitting themselves. We, we knew it was coming. I don't think the players actually believed that they would see it. Out. And when I seen that from McGregor, I, I just couldn't believe my eyes. Um, I really couldn't believe it, especially because he's just one of our better players. But even technically, and he's just a swipe at it and and I ran off. And I thought they're 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 just chasing us down here. And again, even even the way they press, they. McKinney said it himself after the game. I they had a lot of the ball, but the, the players that they wanted to have the ball had it because you know with the scales and Welsh they're not going to they're not going to step up 
and find somebody in the middle of the park. But again, our midfielders are a disgrace at times. They're no dropping and asking for the thing. Nobody wanting to take responsibility, nobody wanting to take ownership and sort of go and, and make something happen or go and sort of put the responsibility on their own shoulder and say, give me the ball. It just doesn't happen. They're the team at the minute and aye, it's, it's just a disgrace. It's If we get th- if we did, did get through that game and sneaked a one now, it would have just been paper on our crack because if this didn't happen against Kilmarnock, it would have happened against Mother. It would have happened eventually that we would have dropped points and seen, seen this, the stage where we, we were in the top of the league and that's been coming and that's symptomatic of everything. It's, that's what happens when the team's not invested in properly. That's what happens when... I don't even know what Rodgers is up to at this point and I don't know what happens next because it really... I think the atmosphere when they stayed in before, before the before goal went in was... You could tell something was in the air but... You've seen it coming. It doesn't surprise me. I was a bit numb yet when it happened. It just felt as if it was it was a matter of time before we we went and made a country and that's what happened. Ah, you're right. You spoke about the atmosphere, Andy. I think it was about twenty five minutes to go, maybe after he'd made the change with Taylor coming off for Burnaby and Bernardo, on, and they went back to that kind of rid. It's, yeah, it's rigid. It's no, it's no flexible. It's very rigid. Four three three. It just it doesn't work. We we look. We seem to have lost the control that we had when we played it under Ange. But that's because we had Aaron Moy in there who could keep the ball. We'd, O'Reilly and Bernardo are always looking for that killer pass. McGregor keeps the ball tied enough, but Moy could play the killer pass as well as well make it, which helped. But I have about 25 minutes to go. I think Commander broke up the part and got a corner, and there was a wee bit of booing in the stands. And it was almost as if everybody seen it coming. And I was the same myself watching it. You thought, this is, this is going, it's only going one way here. And it wasn't, I wasn't even watching it. You know that way when you're, when you're kind of hanging on? Or, you know, you're at the edge of your seat. You, but it wasn't even like that. It was kind of just sitting waiting and the, the coming. And then the goal, Commander's goal, when it did come late on, I think that Ralston goes up with Van Veen, I think. But somebody, I think the boy Murray's at the back post. He said, I mean, how he's there himself, how Commander got got a man spare in the last minute when they're chasing an equaliser at Park. He was like, just the team was just so unbalanced. And it was a good cross in, and Burnaby just gets caught under it. And the boy, he does gave him a nudge, it was never a foul, I mean VAR had every right to look at it because he does put both his horns out but it's, they've been very very soft, Hart it was a great heater but I think Hart was a bit slow going down and then you've still got 3-4 minutes and you just maybe yesteryear, you know last year, the year before under Ange maybe you'd have thought they were going to score again but just never seen it coming yesterday and the, 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 what it summed up for me is when they had I think it was about the 94th minute when they had Joe Hart gave it to Ralston and I think he gave it to Burnaby and then I think Burnaby gave it back to Ralston or something or Welsh and you just thought we're chasing a, a winner here we need a goal to other, otherwise we're going second in the league from you know a position of I want to say comfort because we've not exactly kicked on all season but to just be fanning about with the ball at the back in that moment just just basically summed the season up and I think Rogers has been showing up in the last three months. This it's very obvious that he's trying to get a goal or two up, and then you just pass the team off the park. You need players that are good enough to do that. We've not got players that are good enough to do that. It starts with the back five. Hearts no great with his feet. Great shot stopper kept us in many games this week. Actually, ironically, played a great boy yesterday. But he's no he's no blessed with great ability with his feet. Ralston. Distribution's quite poor. I know he had a great cross for the first goal, but in the way Rogers wants to play, he's not good enough. Taylor 
isn't great at that either, but it's probably the best they have had bunch. Scales and Welsh are very poor at it. And this season, I don't think I've ever seen Celtic so in terms of like the way we could be playing and we could be breaking up the park and the ball could go wide and you're expecting a cross and literally five seconds later they're 60 yards back and Welsh and Scales have played a one-two with each other and then one of them nominate whoever gets the ball back gives it to Hart and he'll get back to them and then we go again and it's very clear that that's what Rogers trying to do he's but it's it's not worked plenty and it's not worked enough times to think that it's not the right tactic. Look at, I mean, it didn't work against Motherwell, didn't work. I mean, look at the Rangers game. I mean, they're two up. We're, sorry, we're two up. They're doing a man and yet 10 minutes later we're hanging on to the two man and they look more likely than us and that's been, Darren, that's been a theme of what I've been worried about recently is that other teams look more likely than us to score. I think Hibs, Aberdeen, Kilmarnock nearly won it yesterday. The Huns in December, but they just these teams look more likely than us. And why is Rogers not seeing that this go a goal up and then start? For, why is he not seeing that it's no one? It's an excellent question, and it's it's what he should be able he should be able to identify. You've just come up with a few games there just in the recent weeks. You're right, like that second half against Aberdeen, we looked like we were going to lose. Hibs game there was the, after the equalised. There was a good twenty twenty five minutes where you're right. They looked more likely to. Get a winner. I know we did get a winner that day, but like uh, on the balance of play, the second half looked like it was leaning towards Hibs. And yesterday was right. Like I was when I was speaking to somebody at the game yesterday. There was that point when Kamarnock started getting set pieces and started getting forward more in the second half. And I heard somebody say, "If they're going to score, then at least if it's now, I think it was about twenty-five minutes to go." Like the like, because that's what it takes that Celtic team to sort of work out and flashing a chance. But even like when you can, when we conceded that goal yesterday, like I'd been coming and completely agree, it was never a foul. Burnley was just weak as anything, and it's pretty criminal that that he did just sort of look for a foul and no really attempt to still defend that. I agree with you. I thought Hart should have saved it as well. I thought it wasn't an overly powerful header. It wasn't massively high or massively low. I thought it was a decent sort of position for him and I thought like, I know I heard a few people talking about Hart yesterday saying I think he get the sponsors man match as well but I thought the saves he made were straight at him and I thought the, the tone in the second half was sort of set by him and I think it was like the first 90 seconds of the second half there was a ball that went into the Celtic six yard box and he was under no pressure and punched it away and I think Tomarno got a corner 10-15 seconds later and it sort of set the tone but on your point about why teams are looking more lately. It's, it's hard to say because teams are just happy to let us have the bulk of possession and I think yesterday again it was about 70%. As long as that game was 1-0 yesterday but McInnes wouldn't have been worried because these teams know they'll get a chance and you're right, like when, when we did concede like the ball went back up to our end and you're right, the defence was just sort of knocking it about together and the fans were gone raging, myself included, it was pathetic from them and it's after they scored, like they had the best chance, that Greg Stewart had a shot that was straight out of heart to be fair but that was probably the best chance after they had equalised and I was saying to you off air, if they'd have probably equalised 10 minutes earlier, they might maybe well have went on and won it and it's clearly a this is a pattern of events that's happening now. That's as we've played Kilmarnock four times now this season and only beat them once. So clearly, I don't think Rodgers is earning the wage that he's getting. He's the highest paid manager in Celtic history. And 
like he's out after the game saying that uh, oh we almost get away with it with 12, 13 games to go that is not what you're wanting to hear from your manager and before before the game in like, G-match press conferences and that he's talking about a negative narrative being built around the club well I, I'm sorry Brendan but a lot of that is it's no getting built from external factors it's because a lot of Celtic supporters are only happy with the way things are going and a lot of that's down to him and I thought we should have, like, see, we looked, there was a point in the game where we clearly looked like we're just going to try and play this out for a 1-0. At that point, rather than take you go off and put on, why not use Mike Narotsky and just throw another centre-half in there next to Scales and Welsh, who both look knackered, by the way, with 20, 25 minutes to go. Every time there was a break in play, they both looked like they were looked breathless and I was I actually thought one of them might have went down at one point because they just they both did look knackered but if they gave yourself that extra centre half in there just to give you a bit more an aerial prowess and the game itself like thought that the game yesterday would have suited Narotsky more because one of his strengths is that he's better than they to playing the ball out he obviously had a great ball over the top for Kyogo that almost led to a goal and I think generally he's a better passer of the ball than they to I, I don't know Daniel I know we 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 were well in favour of Brendan and we're not going to go back and say, ah, oh, we, we never said that last year because we obviously did. But I, I think a lot of the blame has to go with him. We are, we've made it clear like, we don't get to press conference that because of what we'll say is about the low levels and that. But I think the, the spotlight really ne- does need shined on Brendan in terms of your question. It's just, it's just, it's in, it literally is insanity because he's repeating the same thing and as you've mentioned, it just keeps happening again and again that we're falling out of games in the second half and putting ourselves under pressure. And apart from the like last week when we did sort of change the formation slightly, we've no, there's no been real major a major change to the style that he's played all season. No, I think you're right, and you know I'm still behind Rodgers. I know some folk went him away. I think if what happened, but if the league was to finish tomorrow, I think he would be away. I don't think there's any question about that. Well, we are waiting, and Tony is on his way, so you will get here for him. Andy, oh, you here? He's he's made it. Tony, so what did you what did you make of the game? You you and Andy were there. We've spoke about how there was a sense of inevitability about Comandant's equaliser, but just talk us through what you've seen yesterday. See, to be honest, for me, I'm just gonna keep the faith and remember Rangers were bust twelve years ago. I think that's that's the main point. If you get three brain cells, I think I said in the last podcast, I don't think we'll win the league. I definitely don't think we'll win it now. But I think we, I think we're getting what we deserved. I think there's an arrogance about Celtic, mostly for boardroom and probably manager as well. There's a total arrogance and it's blown up. And I, I, I do. I think if ever a board and a majority shareholder deserve to watch Rangers lift the league, potentially a treble. Treble is this board and Dermot Desmond. I mean. If you look at the team that lined up, or the, the back five yesterday, me and Andy and my dad were talking about it, you'd heart, I think, Taylor, Scales, Welsh, Ralston. If I said to anybody in June 3rd after we lifted the treble last year that that would have been a line-up, you would have laughed, you would have thought I'd gone crazy, but no, that's actually what our recruitment team have served up. Don't get me wrong, I think the manager's lost the plot, I will get to that, I'm not just blaming the board, but I just... Just the recruitment has been diabolical. Mark Lawwell should be sacked and his dad should leave. But we know that's not going to happen because, as we've discussed a million times, that we're a bowling club family run by fucking assholes, if I'm being totally honest. I mean, even at full-time, Lawwell 
his comfy seat right down into the presidential area or whatever you call it whereas the rest of the board they, they stayed but I think he probably knew he was going to get a bit of stick which is deservedly so as I said before he's, it's a bit of a curse to have him the reason for bringing him back makes no sense there's so many people hate him but yeah he sits in the, the best seat in the house every game and he's he still take money at us after years of European failure despite domestic success which was really inevitable because our, our rivals died or whatever the fuck you want to call it but the game itself was pretty poor second half was diabolical I thought Kelly bullied us I thought we looked clueless you would have thought we were playing kind of Bayern Munich at home and trying to see it out it was just panic stations and I, I, I think I think you said it Danny or Dan said it we're lucky Kelly didn't equalise sooner because he probably had years. But I think I think for this season, I know it's people go, oh, don't concede the league, and oh my God, keep the faith. And that, that, that does nothing for me, I'm afraid. It doesn't, I, I don't feel like deluding myself. I think it's going to get worse. I, I said a few a few weeks ago, I think after we do with Aberdeen, it's like watching a car crash in slow motion. You know the results are going to be horrific, but you, you're going to watch it. And that's what we're watching now. It's just we're two points behind the now. I think Rangers now have the better goal difference. But I think probably drop points again. But I, th- I think the time we go to Ibrooks, they'll probably do us, and that'll be it. We'll be about eight or nine points behind. I just don't see it getting any better. I don't really know where we go for, for here either. I don't think we'll sack Brendan because of the money it would cost. I think they probably should sack him. <laughs> and I, I never thought I would say that in my life. But he's just not been good enough. I mean, as I say, his press conference on Friday was babbling nonsense. I think you heard Dan touching on this. I think he's saying about a narrative. He says that we were never seven points ahead, which was bollocks because we were. He called the uh, the bombing of the Palestinians a war. I think most people have accepted it as a fucking genocide, but just it was just eight minutes of fucking gibberish. And I just I just think it's, I think he thought he could come up here, he'll make amends with the fans that didn't like him, and this will be his legacy club. But it's just not happening. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's I think there's a good chance he could he could concede a, a treble to Rangers which is if I said that after we won the treble with the big man I don't think anybody would have believed it but we spoke about before Big Ange was the shield he was the the CEO the chairman the head of recruitment the chief scout the manager he was everything and the club was united and the board weren't really looked at because somebody was doing their job for them i.e. Big Ange so but now he's away and you remember how much some of your fans dislike Brendan there's no kind of protection there for the board which is good I think I mean we people asking us even back in December do we need to lose this league for people to turn their attention to Desmond and the board and people even ask him would you take it and obviously you don't want to concede the league but or give them a league just to get your board out but I think it's going to that stage now where they will win the league and we need to we need to change as a football club and as I've said a million times when I argue this point looking at domestic success it'll be 11 titles at the last 13 it should be 13 out of 13. Can I be bragging? We've actually got too much money. We'll need to release an early statement. No spend any of it. Play absolute garbage. I mean, some of the guys playing for us should have been moved on years ago. To play them, expect to kind of, oh, Rangers will implode and yada, 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 and then get caught is just gross negligence. And I think when Rangers were in the league in the COVID season, they didn't back Gerard, which was a huge mistake. They didn't get the Champions League money. And Big Ange ended up getting us the title. I don't think they'll make the same mistake this year. I think they'll get that money and they'll go, right, Phil, what do you want? How can we how can we fucking stay ahead of these Fenian bastards? I think that'll be their mindset. Whereas Peter and 
oh, there's fucking clowns in our board. Probably going, right, how can we get as much money out of these gullible Fenian bastards as possible? And that's the way they operate. And I mean, you, you, I think we were talking as well, they've got a player of the year awards at the Hydro. I mean, that is ripping the piss out of the fans <laughs> to, to another degree. That'll be a laugh when they announce there's actually not a player of the year because they've all been garbage. So for me, I think next game's Motherwell away will probably be five points behind. I don't think we'll be far well. I, th- I think this is just going to be a total collapse. It, it does feel inevitable. I think the club's just fractured. The fans hate the board. The majority of shareholders are away playing fucking golf. He doesn't give a shit. There's nepotism just seeping through us. There's inept people at all levels of the club, for the board, to fucking communications. You go to any level of Celtic, there's somebody that's inept. Don't get me wrong, there's fucking brilliant people at Celtic. But there's ineptitude throughout, and it's all kind of jobs for the boys. So I think the next home game, Dundee, could be five behind, could be four behind, maybe just two behind. I think it's just all pressure needs to get cranked up on the board. I mean, so that we'll just park it at the end of the season. I don't think we can. I think we need to get these bastards to resign because they're absolutely useless at running a football club. I mean, the the amount of time Celtic have got into positions of strength and just made our arse here, like when we re-signed Neil Lennon, just total stupidity. And, of course, it resulted in Rangers winning the league. No back Brendan Rodgers in summer and or January is going to result in probably Rangers winning the league. So, yeah, I just think it's the, the continual shooting yourself in the foot while bragging about the money you've got in the bank. It's just, it makes no sense to me at all. So, for me, I, I, I cannot wait to the day that there's no Desmonds, Lobels or Strachans even for that point at Celtic. And we've actually got a board that are there because of credentials in business and maybe football. And it's not just, oh, my son's fucking needing a job. Aye, head of recruitment. My son's needing a job, assistant manager. I mean, it's just madness. It's just so stupid. It's, it is laughable, you know. You just go, it's a fucking... Turning over £120 million a year, but we're run by fucking clowns. If anybody tells you that we're turning over this money because the borders are good, it's because we're all idiots and we put in thousands of pounds or millions of pounds. So the money in the bank is there because of the fans buying every strip they post and every fucking stupid thing they put out on their website, every ticket, every Champions League package, soon it be a Europa League package. So, no, I just, it's, it's mad though for me that us four, four fucking dafties in a podcast could see this coming a mile away in November and yet these guys that I think Michael Nicholson's 770 grand a year is he couldn't see it coming he didn't think that maybe we should really push the boat out and spend over the odds to help Brendan in January and we come up with Kuhn and Ida I mean it's just it almost feels deliberate it's almost that you sang sack the board how dare you peasants we'll put you back in your place so uh, as I've said before I, I, I despise the people running the football club I've certainly not ploughed as much money in next season as I have the last few seasons and I don't be travelling over as much. I know that sounds oh, that's terrible. You're a glory hunter, or whatever people want to say. But I just, I just fucking detest the people that run this club, and I can't bear waste my time and money to fill their pockets. So, but apart from that, apart half time was lovely. So whoever does them, I still think they're they're brought in another company. Sure. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You made a lot of good points. <laughs> I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't be conceding the league, although I did, I would say that it is going one way at the minute. But we need to respond, and it's, it is doing to the players now and the manager. You know, it's January's been and gone. We didn't get what we needed, obviously. But they, there's got to be some sort of professional pride in there as well. I mean, it's all right blaming the manager, it's all right blaming the board, but the players have still got to see games out. And I think what you have said yesterday, you know, the captain let us down a few times yesterday, which is to me is unlike him. I know he's not the most popular figure amongst the support, but especially when things aren't going great. But aye. Andy, I wanted to ask you about Nicholas Kuhn. Came status seem to really big up his sign and they seem to be really excited. I don't want to say he's awful, I don't want to say he's shite. He's not shown what he's capable of so far, but I want to ask you for ease this actually, but Andy, I'll ask you first. Does it look to me as does it look to you as if he's playing at fifty percent? I don't think I've seen him break out a jog once when he's been on the park. Yeah, I'd like to just say that he's shite, Danny, you know. Much like all the ones. I don't. I don't. I don't want to judge a boy after a handful of games, but and he picks, he's meant to be rapid. I think he is rapid because he just jogs and he seems to get by quite quickly. But there was a there was a clip sent about on Twitter earlier on, and you seen it was late on in the game. We were obviously chasing, trying to get a, trying to get a win on. He just didn't look as if he wanted to bust his ass to get the ball back when he should have been one of the fresher players in the park. And like, like you say, I don't think he's actually broke out in Melner Jog. I, I, I don't know. I, there was discussions yesterday and a lot of people talking about do you really think Roger signed him? And it's, the reality is the recruitment's not been good enough. The recruitment's not been good enough for fucking long enough. Kuhn is very much like every winger we've got at the minute and they, they, they can't seem to, to be a man. They can't seem to give eyes and then put a good ball in the box consistently. I, I don't really see what he's bringing. I've seen Rodgers was going with the old classic Neil Lennon swap the wingers tactic yesterday late on. That's just a guy that's... That he was just hoping for something to happen. There was no real... We've just not got a plan B. I, I'm a bit I'm a bit like Tony. I'm just... I don't really know what happens. Rodgers has probably got the safest job in Scottish football, definitely. But probably world football at this point. Like We've seen what they've done with Lennon. Like his job's safe on Lennon's and... Like they need to go, he probably has to go as well. Some of his comments have been fucking just mental, just utterly mental. But he's as guilty as well if he's sitting there lapping up this shite that they're serving. Ultimately, that back four of Ralston, Welsh, Scales and Taylor, if Command turned up with that back four, you would be batting eyelid. But no us, that, that's, that's just a disgrace. And I, you can make allowances for injuries, you can make allowances for when players go and they need to play in the Asia Cup, or whatever it, whatever it may be. These things you can make allowances for, but the reality is we are entirely mismanaged. We've, we've put ourselves in this position, and people can call it spoiled and all this shite, because all they care about is, is, is no-gone bust like Rangers, but 
I think that those were me and a couple of brain cells that want to think about it and think about where we should be and we should be in a better position than this. As, as I said, the came to it was Shawanis had mentioned that if you went and played really well yesterday and listen, football's football, if you went and put in a good performance and you don't you, you don't win every game, fair enough, but if, if you put in a good performance, you go, do you know what, sometimes that, that can happen. But we, we're incapable of doing that. We're incapable of giving the fans any sort of faith or belief that, that the players are up for it for a start. They, they do not look up for it in any way, shape or form. So I don't really know where that's came from, especially when guys like McGregor are only looking up for it, because that, that's the biggest shock for me, the way he's been. But it's just a complete mismanagement. And we continually just give them opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And we've done it every time we make an answer. And I was, we were all praying going into January, like, surely they can see what we can see. Surely to God they can see this and and they just go, Let, let's maximise our opportunity to go see this league out and win the league. But they don't. They just refuse to and we're fed the same shite that we get every single year. I don't, I don't know what it is. Apparently we are the only team that struggle to do business. I, I don't get what the business plan is. I don't, I don't understand. I, like, I, I just don't understand how we are where we are. I don't understand that even just into simple things like people offering loan deals for McCarthy and we say no because they're no paying his full wage. So somebody paying part of a guy's wage who's no kick the ball since he signed isn't we we would just rather pay it all. That doesn't make any sense to anybody. Like I just can't grasp or understand what is going on with the fucking morons that run our club. Like it just, none of it makes any sense other than let's maximise profits and win something as cheaply as we possibly can. The only way they're going to invest money is if they see Rangers as a threat and they don't see a threat until they lose a league and then revenue and finances drops. That, that That's the only way they'll ever do anything and that's the only way they, they'll potentially invest in, in what you've seen before when Rogers came the first time because Desmond had to lap up seeing Rangers directors gain at the beginning. That, that's what forced our hand before. And it's going to take that again to force this board's hand because that that's the only time that, that Desmond seems to give a fuck because he's too busy the new fanning about rubbing shoulders with golfers, packing up the place with an iron iron to care that we have chucked, whatever Roger says after shape, we've chucked a seven-point lead. We've already chucked one of the cups, probably going to chuck another one of the cups. We're going into the most lucrative Champions League there's ever been for a couple of us. We're going to chuck that. And you're going to throw them money. And whether you like it or not, they'll fucking spend it. And as Tony said earlier, all they'll care about is no fun back into second place. And we just make it more and more difficult for us to, to do anything about that. And, it, and it's nobody's fault but our own because we, we allowed it to happen. And as I say, even if, if Rogers does go, you find yourselves in the same position because all the boys will still stay about and they'll probably just look to right, who's uh, anybody know anybody? And it'll be the same shite, and we'll put ourselves in the same position again. And it's just it's just complete mismanagement for the very top, and it is riddled through the entire club. It's just incompetent. As it's been mentioned, even the communications team, it's just incompetence for the top right down to the bottom. And 
that some of the comments that are made at times, some of the treatment is just utterly bizarre. And there's there's no other way. I'd like the board deserve it. They deserve that to happen. They deserve to have to sit there and watch us chuck that away because that's what's happened and it, and it's been under their watch. But I, I don't see it changing as well. I just don't see a team that's up for a fight here. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we came out and we're up for it and, and this is the wake up call that they needed. I just don't see it. That that that's the reality. But in short, Danny, I don't know. But I, I I don't understand. I don't couldn't make be a player, couldn't tell you because as you see, I've not actually seen him break a sweat yet. So No, I think you talk a lot of sense, Andy. Darren, when was the last time Matt O'Reilly had a good game? Cynic in me would say it was definitely before he heard about Atletico Madrid putting in a bid, but no, I think it's just we Matt O'Reilly's obviously was much better in the first half of the season. I think he's still been involved. Obviously hit the post that Tawdry should have probably scored yesterday. I think the midfield is a real concern for me. A couple of the boys have spoken about Cal McGregor. I think his, he has been struggling a lot this season. And apart from, if you take out the two Rangers games and maybe that half hour against St Johnston at McDermott Park, he's, there's not been that many standout performances from him. And what worries me most about it is, apart from Matt Riley, who generally has been pretty consistent in that sort of purple patch that Bernardo had around Christmas time, like, you're getting next to nothing from the other midfielders and Rogers doesn't see me fancy a water, doesn't see me fancy home and you just I, I just don't know where we go in the midfield. Like you're obviously missing Hatati, he will walk straight back into the midfield. I think that's pretty without doubt at the moment. But it really is a, a sort of problem position for me and it, it used to be the position that you looked at early years where you said our oh, Celtic are sort of overrun with good midfield options, but right now you're seeing, I think, Danny, that when Matt O'Reilly isn't on form, then the midfield's just sort of getting passed by. And whether that's where it's two in midfield that they've had the last two weeks or the three, like, I just think that's been a real problem position for us. I, I don't want to pin all the blame on Matt O'Reilly. He's obviously still had a great season. But I, as a cynic in you, would say, since he heard about that athletic interest. I think that's a, a valid point. I just think, I don't think Matt Riley's played well since, since the end of November, since we the Champions League. I think his last decent contribution was that cross for Laga Bielka in the Champions League. I think the games seem to have passed him by. I mean, I've seen MB say it was a business decision for Riley, which, you know, you validated as well, which might be right. But I think you made a good point about the midfield. I think it's been such a theme this season that... In the last 15-20 minutes of games, the midfield get completely overrun and we've, we've been punished for it repeatedly. And uh, whether it whether Awata is, you know, Awata played at Kilmarnock and we get beaten the second off and folks seem to think, oh, that means he's shy, he's, he, you know. But why did we not sign a midfielder? We've got too many, some would say we've got too many midfielders, we've got too many players in there that can play midfield, but I, I wouldn't say we've got too many midfielders. And why did they not sign a midfielder in January? Why did they not sign a midfielder in the summer to replace Moy? Because I know Hitati and, and was there. Hitati's not been fit most of the season. Everybody, people panning their hopes on being a couple of points behind them before, you know, we're two at the minute. Is anybody pinning their hopes on a, a, a Hitati coming back? I don't, I don't know, but it's a bit... It is very desperate at the minute. You know, we, we were seven points clear. We were playing Hibs away. If we beat them, you go, we would have went ten clear. I know they would have, I think they would have had a game in Horn at the time, but we'd have played the first 11 fixtures, most of them at difficult away venues, and been, 11, uh, been seven, at least seven clear. Couldn't they win that game? Drew not in each, and I think it's just, it's been quite a quick 
collapse since then and who, who knows maybe this isn't the collapse maybe the collapse is yet to come and it's going to get worse but Tony last question goes to you I mean you you seem to think it's, it's, it's a way that's only going one way that's I don't think many people would argue with you but what, what can Celtic do the new to resurrect the, the season really what? the window's shut I mean Unless all the board announced tomorrow that we we admit we're fucking diddies. We're all leaving. Peter's leaving, his son's leaving, Desmond sold his shares, somebody else is coming in. You mean probably a boost for the fans for that, but on the pitch, I mean you know, to be fair, I probably didn't go in enough in the players there and I probably I probably should because a lot of them are kinda of seasoned winners that won the tables and won leagues before, but and I don't really want to go in guys like Stephen Wells and Anthony Ralston because they shouldn't be anywhere near it. Bernabe shouldn't be anywhere near it. And uh, these guys are trying, they're just simply no good enough, I think. And they summed it up brilliantly. If that was if that was Kelly's back four next season, you would go, I that kind of makes a bit sense. Or back five, even because Joe Hart's, as much as, again, I think if it wasn't for Hart, we'd probably be sitting in no points in the last three. But again, just no good enough if we want to go to the, the next level, which seems a fucking million miles away. We're playing guys that just done the Celtic quality. Thiago's become that kind of free roam midfielder. I just, as I say, I think there's just an aptitude throughout. The manager's not doing the business at all. He's been hopeless for the money he's getting. The players have been really poor. Over a couple of injuries, but Rangers are missing Sima and Danilo, who are probably the two best players, and they're kind of just walking to the league. And I, 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 I don't, I, I don't, nobody, nobody wants to say they think Rangers will win the league. It's been fucking a while since I've said it, but I think you just need to go with the facts, keep the facts as opposed to keep the faith. And the facts are that they're very united. It feels very much like the end season with us, kind of reverse, because. He was seven points behind Clement and their fans are just rallied behind him. He's won the League Cup and he seems to just... He's kind of up to it. The Scottish football's full of fucking absolute draws and he's hammering them, unlike us. I, yeah, I, 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 think, I don't think the collapse has happened. I think this is the beginning of a almighty collapse, which will see protests and other stuff you can't really be arsed with. But as I say, I think we deserve it. I think we've been so arrogant. And even some of your fans, if you're ever on kind of Facebook groups, which I, I certainly wouldn't recommend, saw this just shite of Sefco are going to collapse and Sefco this, and it's fucking nauseating, to be honest. I think I think we'll lose the league if they don't win the treble. I think that may be our, our success story for the season. I don't even mean us winning the Scottish just as long as they don't win the treble. But uh, Evans pointing the one way. Brendan doesn't seem to be able to change the style of football. It's not getting any better. If we were unlucky yesterday, had fucking 42 shots, 20 in target, then you would be gone. Oh, that's just one of the games, but I don't think we've been unlucky. I think I think in some instances we've been lucky not to lose. To be totally honest, so for me, I think I mean unless the manager's got to do something drastic, but I don't think he is. I think he's culpable. I think has he ever wanted to become a Celtic legend or get Celtic fans back on his side, then he should have walked away and says, "Look, this board are fucking clowns." I don't think any Celtic fan would have would have been bad to say about him, but. Again, he's getting mega millions to draw with Derek McInnes and lose to Derek McInnes, so who the fuck's going to walk away for that? But I think for him, he's maybe he's accepted that his career's fucking doing the tube now. He only dreams of big jobs. I mean, it wasn't long ago he was touted with 
Arsenal and Man United. I think that's kind of long gone now. And if he loses a league for the position he was in, <laughs> he's totally fucking had it. So he's not the same bread as he was the first time. He seems just kind of, I don't know, just not really exciting. It was great the first time, but this time it's just been... In fact, he's back to board and had swipes at the fans. I'm just thinking... Have you have you lost the plot? Have you banged your head? But I would love to say I think we'll turn it round and get up for this title fight and everything. But the fans have been for the, even the Green Brigade were singing to the last minute yesterday. It doesn't matter a fuck if the fans are up for it. If the players and the manager are not up for it, and the board and they willing to put in the money to make sure the players and the manager can get it over the line. It's just no our fault. So, and just as well, I know, well, hopefully he's still listening. I know he doesn't like the, the adverts. If uh, Mr. MB from Twitter, I have, I've been told that you think I've come off Twitter because I'm avoiding paying out their charity bet, which we do at the start of the season. I think it's one each. It's soon to be two one MB. I picked up a bad and made it to get more goals than I think it was Soren Nunes. So, I think I'm about 30 goals behind. So, if uh, somebody gives you, your, gives you my number, I'll be happy to pay that bet out early to your charity of choice. Uh, I think it's say a fiver this year so if, if he's listening then just to get that out there I've come off Twitter because I really hate some of your fans on it <laughs> for reasons so but I know you gave me the last question Danny I'll give you a prediction for Motherwell going with the optimism I think we'll be beat 2-1 <laughs> I knew that I knew that was coming Motherwell next week a tough away ground usually for us Motherwell are completely shite at the minute. They get horsed at bottom in the cup. They threw away a free goal lead at Aberdeen and probably should have got beat. And they get beat yesterday very convincingly at Hearts. So when Motherwell were in poor form, I don't think Motherwell had... I think they'd, they'd lost something ridiculous, like eight of their last 11 games or something. They came to Celtic Park and they got a one-each draw. So they're in just as bad for them this time. So Celtic really don't play well against teams that are in poor form for whatever reason. So away next week. Actually, I'll not get to see the game because I'm at a christening next week. So that might be a blessing in disguise. Maybe Celtic will turn it on whilst I'm there. But I'll, I'll certainly be in the chapel praying, and I'll be I'll be praying uh, for a miracle. I think I, I don't want to concede the league because there are only two points in it. We've beat them twice this season already, but it's it is going the one way. I think that's clearly anybody. But up for a fight and. Hopefully the team are as well But the team have just gave us nothing to really rally around I think Tony's right I mean the fans sung away yesterday There was a wee bit of Well I think the crowd's seen it coming Like everybody else that was watching the game But the team really need to give the fans something to rally around We spoke about that before the Hibs game And I would get the last minute winner But they didn't really move any further forward St Mirren was a, It was actually quite pleasing to see a clean sheet against St Mirren Didn't think we were capable of any of them and I just think that the, the team now, Motherwell, I mean, every, you know, the next game is the perfect opportunity, but every game's like that though, they really need to give the fans something. If, if they want the fans on side, because the thing is, it's all right saying, I'll oh, take it back to team side of board, right? It's, it's all right saying that, but a lot of the, the team are, it's all right if a team are giving the fans something to rally around. You know, then we can look and we know the problems. We all know what the problems are, but the players aren't helping them in it. So it'd be good to see the players give the fans something to really get behind and rally around and say, right, do you know what? This happens, happened. But you are out there. You have gave us something to rally around. So, you know, we've got, what is it, 12 games left plus cup games. Let's just fucking have a right good go and see what happens. But there's a, I mean, the way things are going, there's a very distinct possibility that we could beat them four times and no win the league. And if that was to happen, I don't, I don't think any of the players should survive that. The manager certainly shouldn't. They shouldn't. Most of them shouldn't if they lose the league anyway, whatever happens in their games. But if we were to take 12 points off them and no one in the league, it's, 
they, they should they <laughs> they should prob everybody should probably lose their job if that was to happen. But we're no we're not at that stage, yeah, we're not that further forward. But Darren Andy, well Darren, I'll start with you. A prediction for Motherwell, what do you think? Is there going to be a bounce back? So I don't know, like they're at home to Hearts on the Saturday and the the chances are that we're gonna go five points behind and I just don't see it in this team. I've seen people talk about saying, Oh, it's alright, they were chasing, let's see how they can handle being at the top but it's mere our, our team that I worry about in terms of trying to chase down a team I don't see what in it like I think you mentioned it there there's nothing that inspires me about the team like the players don't inspire me the captain doesn't inspire me the manager doesn't like it's it just feels like a complete drag and Motherwell are absolutely shite but problem is the two games we've played them like even the last time we played at Fur Park that was the day we did go seven points clear and we nearly threw that game. It took Matt Riley to the 97th minute to get that winner. And then, as previously mentioned, they got a draw at Celtic Park as well. So I'm no massively confident we will win. And that's it's like, how, how can you expect to win a league if you're going to Far Park and not expecting to win pretty comfortably? And that's my worry. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they do get a bounce. Maybe something happens out of this world on Saturday and they drop points and you do have that opportunity to sort of get right back in it but I just I personally can't see it at this point I think we will be five behind and I think we'll probably leave for park probably four points behind I, I think we might draw one each Danny and it's, I hate to say that because I need to be honest it's just nothing's inspiring me I'm I think you mentioned it earlier that I'm not completely conceding the league because I think as much as we wanted a couple of quality additions brought in in January and we didn't get them. Like if you were to tell me that some the physios get part of Vickers and Hitati up to speed in the next few weeks, I still think there's a slight chance that with they two in the team and probably a slight upturn in form that we could sort of drag it drag it back. But uh, I'm a bit like you as well. I think there's probably a chance that we could win all four derbies and still lose the league. And I, but, uh, I, I hate to yeah, we'll prediction like that, but um, I think it might be one each, Danny. Andy, we've got a Butherwell win, we've got a one each draw, what, what are you going to say? Bear in mind, this is still raw after yesterday and their result of the day, but what do you think will happen on Sunday? I'll not be too, people probably want to throw themselves into the Clyde listening to this, but try not be too negative and I'll say that we'll, we'll, we'll scrape a victory, but I think it'll be more of the same, a, a poor performance and... Aye, Rogers will be talking about how we've got away with it. Aye, so I'll say I'll say a two-one win, but it'll be very, very nervy towards the end, and we'll, we'll somehow come out with a, with a victory. My head says that I wouldn't back Celtic to beat anybody at the minute. <laughs> My heart says two nothing Celtic, <laughs> but I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it, we again, again, I wouldn't back us to beat anybody. We, apart from Aberdeen at home and heart, Hearts away, when we won four-one. We did edgy moments in that game. But even at Inge, was it 3 1, where it looked quite nervy. Uh, no nervy, but you thought, well, perhaps we'd get an odd goal. We'd maybe be panicking. And then Aberdeen at home, we've not really put a team away. And the next game's the best chance to do it, but I just don't know why you just wouldn't back us, would you? I'll go for one, not that. I'll go for either. I'll go for an either penalty in a push game and a push surface against a push opposition. And I think we will be five behind. I can't see. And the thing is, we, we can't rely on favours, you know what I mean? But they've, for as poor as I think they are, they're, they're consistent and they're beating teams, and they look more likely to beat teams than we do. I we're Celtic as a club, we're absolutely where we deserve to be at the minute. And there's nothing we can do to bring players in, or nothing we can do 
you know, recruitment wise at the minute, but there's got to be something happening in that. There's got to be something happening at the club between the players, the manager. Something's got to give before before the end of the season. Because we, I mean, it just what, what's happening in us, it was unthinkable three, four months ago. Even though we were only great, and nobody was saying the league was wrapped up and it was done and all that, but and we certainly had nearly went kicked full stride yet. But what's happened since the Motherwell game at home has just been bar the four or five games after Hearts at home. It's just been, it's really not been good enough. And I've seen folks talk about complacency and beating Rangers in December, and people say, "Well, as if the board thought, well, we don't need, to, we don't need to act because we've beat Rangers." But that game was, you know, you're two nothing up, you're a man up, and somehow you end up hanging on. That should, Rogers should have been banging the board stall down after that game. He said, "Look, you need to give me X amount of money to get three good players in January. Otherwise, we're not going to win it." It doesn't seem like that's been done. Uh, well, it's obviously not been done, but I, I don't even know how hard Rogers pushed to get the signings. But we'll just need to take it game by game now. And the you know Scottish Cup, you're talking about it becoming a kind of sideshow if, if we're not winning the league and having to win it. You stop them winning a treble for the position that we're in to the start of the season. Sounds when they've they've already sacked a manager this season. Just as men away me, but we've been out and out now, so. If anybody, I don't mean, I don't think anybody is going to have made it this far, apart from a few Rangers fans, they might have discovered that we exist again. So welcome to them. But and thanks for the thanks for the support. But um, we'll be back probably next week after Motherwell. Hopefully the damage will not be as bad as what some have predicted. But you just win the bet against them, and so if you made it this far, thanks very much, and we'll be back to keep the faith, Tony. Keep the facts. Uh, fucking shoot that I'm only joke now. I could see Shannon Eam ready to ring me there I Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.